0: the weekly message from Angel of Joy Lutheran Church, an ELCA congregation located in Lefton Texas. Pastor Paul Guy and the family of Angel of Joy invite you to join us for worship at 10.15am on Sunday mornings. If you should find yourself in our neighborhood, please enjoy this message and visit our website at angelofjoy.org Two men looked through their prison bars. One saw mud, the other stars. It's a familiar quotation. Andrew Carnegie, the inspirational speaker and teacher, was often known to quote this. And it is indeed a commentary about attitude. Pretty much along the same lines as the glass is half full or perhaps seeing it as half empty, both with the implication that we should be the stargazer and the drinker of the half-full glass. But my suspicion is that today's gospel account shows John the Baptist in prison, almost certainly facing his end, and wondering if perhaps he's been hitching his wagon to the wrong horse. It's a pessimistic outlook, perhaps leaving some room for hope, but discouraged nonetheless. From the beginning, the preaching near the Jordan River at the edge of the wilderness, John had believed that Jesus of Nazareth surely was the Messiah. Perhaps he grew up with that knowledge, having been related to Jesus, but not living with him. He had to depend upon the messages of other people. And indeed, John had been there when the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit had appeared to descend upon Jesus at his baptism and the voice from heaven confirming who Jesus really was. And surely the myriad accounts of Jesus in the days and months since that time told of astonishing miracles. The blind had had their sight restored. The lepers had been cleansed. The deaf could hear. The lame walked. And most remarkable of all, John had heard that Jesus actually brought dead people back to life. John knew about the huge crowds who came to hear Jesus preach as well. But by this time, as he languished in prison... No revolution had begun. The people of Israel still endured under the oppressive rule of the Roman Empire. (coughs) The Jewish church still catered to the rich and the powerful. And everyone knew that the ecclesiastic powers in Jerusalem would do anything to keep the peace. And now John finds himself locked away behind bars... Having won the wrath of Herodias, the vengeful wife of Herod, we knew he had been risking his life by condemning the marriage of Herodias and Herod. But John also believed that God would protect him, and that Jesus certainly by now would have begun his rightful rule in of God's earthly kingdom. Things should have happened. But as best as he could tell, very little had transpired. It hadn't happened. And so John, with not much else to occupy his time or his mind, began to wonder. And it's not a surprise that his thoughts began to take a pessimistic turn. There were no longer any appreciative crowds for him. No one came to be baptized by him in prison, certainly. There was no Messiah nearby to point to. There was just mud. And where was Jesus anyway? After all was said and done, had Jesus really made any difference in the world? Yeah. He tickled the imagination of people. People talked about him, but aside from that, not much had changed. And in a way, John was speaking for you and me. He had a really modern mindset. Where's the Messiah and the peace he came to bring? We talk about the Prince of Peace and how Jesus came into this world to bring peace to mankind or humankind. Has anything really changed since the time of John in prison? Look around. We still have long, drawn-out wars around the world, and certainly too many have already died in Afghanistan, that distant, oil-less land. Terrorism stalks the world. Institutional corruption. It's everywhere from Congress to churches. Students and teachers are attacked in schools. Most marriages today don't make their silver anniversaries. And we have a bumper crop of fatherless children, many of whom have morphed into gang members. People riding public transportation are so focused on their cell phones and iPads that they don't even notice a violent crime happening just inches away from where they're sitting. And again the question arises, what difference does Jesus make anymore? And it's little wonder that the world is turning its back on Jesus, on God, on faith. There's so much more that can be done at Disneyland or on the cruise ships. We watch shows like Wheel of Fortune. And never is mention of religion or church or Jesus. For an answer, I guess we have to go back to Matthew's gospel where Jesus, perhaps sensing, John, sensing John's growing cynicism, and maybe ours too, sympathetically responds. He says, in effect, look, John. I know where you're coming from, but you're looking for answers in the wrong place. Really, I'm not what you expected. I have not come for domination and conquest to enforce virtue or wipe out evil. That's going to be around for a long time. You won't find me in the halls of power. Remember, I came from a humble stock. I was born in a stable. But I tell you, you will find me wherever someone helps the blind to see, or the lame to walk, or the sick to heal, the spiritually dead to rise, or the poor to better their lives. I didn't come to change the order of things. I came to put people in touch with a living and loving God. And I came to hopefully touch and open people's hearts and minds. And I think today, believing as we ought and must that the Messiah is Jesus and that he has come into the world and that he is still here in the midst of his people, I think we need to know that the goodness is still happening. There was a man who grew up in a modest household in a rural area. His parents could not provide much in the way of material goods, but they always did provide him with love and faith and guidance and patience that their son so needed to face the world that he was growing into. One day tragedy struck that poor family. Their house caught fire and burned to the ground. The father and son were necessarily went to town to pick up some needed supplies, while the mother sifted through the ashes of their home to find something that she could salvage, a treasure, perhaps. When the father and the son returned from their trip to town, they saw quite a a striking sight. From the ashes of their cabin, the mother had found a few dishes and books and papers that they needed and then she had also found a small can that she she filled with freshly picked wildflowers from the fields around their home. When the boy and the father saw that arrangement of glorious flowers in the midst of the ashes, they knew that everything was going to be okay. And maybe that's a good metaphor for today's gospel. There are plenty of ashes around in our world, plenty of of mud, plenty to discourage us and cause us to be cynical just as John was starting to become in his prison cell. But in the midst of all of that, perhaps as wildflowers, there is goodness to be found and out of that goodness, hope, and out of hope, life. There are so many people asking cynically or cynically or despairingly with John the Baptist, are you the one or should we look somewhere else? Are we going to find our meaning in life in you? Or is it time to move on? Well, I think probably the answer to that is if we make ourselves as wildflowers, bringing to others hope And beauty in the midst of the ashes of our world. And when that happens, people won't have to ask anymore of Jesus. Are you really there? Are you really the one? Through you, through your love and kindness, through your faith and your hope, they will encounter Jesus. And that's what Advent is about looking for Jesus, and finding him in our midst. Amen. Thank you for listening. Please provide feedback on the iTunes podcast page and visit our website at angeljoy.org for more information.